We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. I'm Chanel Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Hello, once again, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast, your one-stop shop for all things green and gold. It's game day as the Packers take on Minnesota, trying to get the elusive win number six. My name is Mike Wendland. I'm joined by Gage Bridgeford as we preview this 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 afternoon's game. And Gage, it's weird seeing Minnesota and Green Bay the season being wrapped up for the two playing each other in November. It's just awkward to me. Yeah, it's always weird to see like two teams play each other this early on and be like, eh, we we already know like that they're like how this season series is going to go. It just happened the other night in the Atlanta and uh, Carolina game. They just played each other a couple weeks ago, and then they have already wrapped up their season series, and we're not even through October. So it's it's weird when the NFL does scheduling like this. If I think if I was in charge, I would probably do, like, your first four games, or your first three games, make them uh, division games, and make your last three division games that way. Like, Green Bay hasn't even played Chicago yet, and they're already wrapping up their second matchup with Minnesota. 
I'd probably go the opposite a little bit. I wouldn't put the first three division because there's especially teams are so first three games are always kind of sloppy and kind of messy. I'd put them like I'd put the first three games to be the uh, outer conference games and and make and make those games early. Maybe I just I don't like the idea that of how it's it's spread out for some of the games. Like Green Bay won't finish playing Detroit until later on in the year, but. But they're already done playing Minnesota. Yeah, that's why. That's why I have the stretch like right around now would be the division divisional stretch right around when the first couple of bye weeks are happening, just to kind of even things out. Just but 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 luckily that's not our job. We we don't have that kind of stress on us to have to try and make schedules work in the NFL, to, especially this year, which we all know the chaos that is happening. But looking forward to this game, both teams very banged up. Uh, Packers obviously have ruled out Kevin King and Aaron Jones for sure. Still waiting for... Uh, Nathan Crosby's going to play, but still waiting on Lancaster, Bakhtiari, Irvin, Green, and Savage. They're all questionable. Minnesota has the defense of the Golden Gophers right now. Uh, there's not much in the cupboard for Minnesota as far as defense defense goes. But when you look at this team, it's a war of attrition already for both teams. Yeah, no, there's... it's uh, it's uh, there's And then you run across, like, the other division. Like, Detroit has, I think, two or three players on their injury report right now, and one, other, one or two of those guys are just uh, veteran rest. They're not even actual injuries. And then you look at Green Bay. I made the joke on a podcast I did a couple of days ago. Can Green Bay have any more people on their injury list? The only person that's missing, I think, is Aaron Rodgers. So they're just... There's a ton of injuries here. Uh, Mercedes Lewis was always on the injury report, but that was mostly for better at rest. But he had a knee injury this week that made him limited for two out of the three days. He's going to play, but it's just there's so many guys. Mason Crosby, who's played, I think, over 200 games straight, he's he's dealing with an injury right now that makes that he's he's going to play, but he was limited up until Friday. He didn't even practice until Friday. So there's just this is the NFL season, and this is the drawback to having that early bye week. If you are dealing with a bunch of injuries through the month of September and you get that week bye week in week five, then you're, like, finally glad this is here. But if you're, like, Green Bay, and they were relatively healthy until week five happened, and then now, since then, they're just dealing with an injury at every single spot on the up and down this roster. And that can start to cause you some problems in a hurry. You look at at the package. Look at the guys who were limited for all three days. Bakhtiari, Chris Barnes, Hunter Bradley, Irvin, Rashawn Gary, Raven Green, Lancaster, Mercedes Lewis, John Lovett, Kamal Martin, Darnell Savage, Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, Equinemia St. Brown, Robert Tunyon became full participation the, the last couple of days. Oh, that's Robert Tunyon to you, sir. Robert Tunyon. Yeah, Big Bob. That all counts. <laughs> but that, that's just a litany of players who were, who were limited. So they, they were practicing, but they weren't doing everything. Minnesota has a few names, but they're not as deep. But the ones they do, they're all concentrated at seems like corner, where Minnesota is really going to be having problems. But when you look yeah. toward Minnesota itself, their defense is is banged up as you can believe. They don't have much of a secondary left. They don't have much of a pass rush left with the new Hunter out for the season officially, and with Yannick Ngakwe being traded again, and just. I don't know where this defense is going to find the pieces to stop Devontae Adams. They didn't in week one. He went off already in that one. He had four, the 14 catches in that game. But now you got to deal with Jamal Williams, who's getting better and better. A.J. Dillon looked pretty good last week, and he's going to get more carries again. Can Minnesota stop Green Bay's offense? No. 
Uh, I think you can make the argument that there's only three good players. Like the jury's still out of the rookies, like Jeff Gladney and Cam Dantzler. But you can all, you can make the argument there's only three good players that are going to suit up for Minnesota's defense tomorrow, and that's the two safeties, Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris, and then Eric Hendricks. But then Anthony Barr out, Yannick got traded, uh, Daniel Hunter out. That just every corner, Mike Hughes, and Mike Hughes is still the jury's still out on whether or not he's good because he struggled to struggle with injuries and he's a little on the shorter side. They're just they're so banged up and their defense, which was their strength for the longest time, that's no longer the case. Their strength is now their offense and their offense has even been suspect throughout this year. Like against Green Bay, their offense was anemic until the third quarter. And they they they've struggled to put up points and I honestly I think that they're gonna struggle again because their area of weakness is a big area of strength for Green Bay and that's the interior pass rush. Green Bay's Lived in the backfield for of Minnesota over the last three games that they played, and I assume that they're going to do it do that same thing again today with Garrett Bradbury, Garrett Bradbury, Dakota Dozier, and Drew Samia. Kenny Clark is going to eat those guys alive. Kenny Clark rolls these dudes over onto their backside with without breaking a sweat, and then when that happens, that brings in the blitzers and the stunners and. Z and Preston just walking right up to Kirk Cousins and saying, hey, buddy, how's it going? We're going to go ahead and sack you six times today. Go ahead and get comfortable down here on the ground. This Minnesota team, every all offseason, I heard people talking about it's so good. They're the best team in the NFC North. They're one of the top five teams in, the, in, in football. I heard that a couple of times, and I'm like, you guys aren't paying attention. This roster is not that good. And sure enough, as the season has gone on, it's exactly what we've seen. I don't think they're as bad as they showed in week one, but I think Green Bay is perfectly built to beat this Minnesota roster. Yes, and we, I think we, I think all three of us had them either third or last when we made our predictions at the beginning of the season. I, think, I know I had them third, yes. I think Tyler had them last. And, I believe so. And I had them, I think, third, because I think we're, none of us are really high on Detroit either. But, but that's more of the Patricia effect. But we look at the, this Minnesota team, and it's not just Kenny Clark. And obviously, I've been gone the past couple of weeks for work, but Montrevious Adams has looked pretty good the past couple of weeks as well. He seems to have finally making a step, and he's getting into the backfield more. You have him step in for Kenny Clark, and that's another pass rush weapon in the interior for a big guy that opens things up for the Smiths, for Rashawn Gary, for Chris Barnes, who seems to really like to throw his body around, for Kamal Martin. There's, like you said, the interior offensive line is such a weakness for Minnesota that. Green, it doesn't matter if Dalvin Cook plays or not, Green Bay could swallow them up in the F line of scrimmage. Yeah, like Dalvin Cook's going to play, but looking at this Green Bay defensive line, it took Montrevious Adams a few years. This is uh, now year three, if I remember right, for year him? Year four, I think. Or is it? Oh, this is year four. So it took him a few years, but, he but he's... First couple of injuries, Phil. But it's, it's finally clicking for him. He's playing well. He's played really good football over the last couple of weeks. I don't have his pro football focus grades up in front of me, and I don't really subscribe to them, but I know he's played good football over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Andy Herman, of like Andy Herman, the godfather of the Pack-A-Day podcast right now, he's said that Montrevious Adams has graded out well, and I agree with him. Even if he's not putting up sack numbers or crazy tackle numbers, he's just playing good football, and that's all you need. When you have Kenny Clark in the middle and Preston and Zedarius on the outside, you don't need Montrevious Adams to be a monster. You just need him to do his job, and that's what he's doing right now. And where this defensive line used to look like somewhat of a weakness, you now have him, Lancaster, Clark, Lowry, and even Kingsley Kiki and Billy Wynn on occasion who are serviceable. Like there's some, there's a lot of good depth here that can just 
rotate in and out into where when it comes fourth quarter and you say, hey, Kenny, we need you to go make a play, he can go do that because he's not gassed from having to play every single snap for three quarters. And that's, that's an awesome thing in this, in this linebacker room. I don't think this linebacker room is perfect, but I also think that there is a decent amount of depth here, and Christian Kirksey's not even playing. And I think, But whenever these guys go out there, I'm like, yeah, that's a good player. He's, he's not going to be perfect, but he's going to give me serviceable snaps, and that's all I need. That's all I need is I need you to not make mistakes, and these guys are making, making the right play. Vernon, uh, who is a Vernon Scott, had that great play at the end of last week. Uh, Henry Black. Henry Black, yep, he got activated, so he's going to be playing tomorrow. There's just there's players all over this roster that aren't the biggest name, and they're not going to make the splash play, but they're going to make the right play. Granted, Henry Black had the most insane like pop up fumble I've seen in the, in a long time. Like that ball went ten yards in the air, which is farther further than it went from the line of scrimmage. So this roster is just good, man. They're they're not perfect. They don't have a ton of star power, but they're good, and that's all you need. If you can be good, this roster will take you far. Another question flipping is around I have for you when you look at the game. Obviously, Jerry Alexander is going to do his thing. He's going to lock whatever receiver he's matched up down, but who covers the other one? Kevin King is out. He Kevin King played well in week one. Who's Josh gonna, Jackson, man. Josh Jackson is playing well. Do you trust him on Justin yeah. Jefferson? Yeah, I do. I think Josh Jackson's playing good football right now, and it also is a matter of just let him do what he does well. I had this same discussion a week ago on on this show when we were previewing uh, the last week's game. Just let him do what he does well. He plays good man coverage. Quit trying to make him this off coverage zone coverage guy. Just let him do what he does well. And I and I said the same thing last week. There's a reason that New England continues to be good. They let their players do what they're good at and fo- and don't focus on what they can't do. If you try and make guys into something they're not, they're not going to play up to their full potential. Josh Jackson is a good man-cover corner. If you let him be a man-cover corner, he's going to be more successful. The last couple of weeks, they haven't asked him to do too much. They're just saying, hey, go cover your guy. And he's playing good football. He He's playing well in run support. He's making plays at and behind the line of scrimmage. That's great. I don't need Josh Jackson to do more than that. If you want him to do more than that, that's on you. That's on you asking a guy to do more than he's ready to do. But as long as he's going out, and with Jair on the other side, Jair's going to lock up who he's with. I know some people think Adam Thielen's the Jair kryptonite or whatever. I don't care. Jair's playing on another level right now. He's playing, if not the best corner play in football, he's pretty damn close to it right now. So... I, I'm comfortable with Josh Jackson on the other side. I think Justin Jefferson's great. I had him as my wide receiver four in this class. But I think that jo- Josh Jackson is playing good enough football right now to stick with Justin Jefferson for the majority of the game without getting just completely torched by him. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. 
Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit and Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Fair enough. And then looking more toward the Packer offense, we, we talked a little bit with Devontae Adams. But again, without any of the defensive ends, Adenimo is a pretty good player, but with Shamar, Shamar Stephan solid, Jigla Johnson solid, Jamal Williams, I'm thinking, is going to have a monster game again. He, he's looking, he's been looking lean and good. And I'm wondering if the decision is going to come forward, what they do with Jamal Williams going forward after the season, because he has looked like he could be a potential a starting running back for a long time yet. I mean, he said on Good Morning Football this week, he views himself as an RB1, and when he goes into the lineup, he views himself as the RB1, and that's the way he plays. So I, I, fully, I can't disagree with him. When he's out there, he's making good plays. He's good in pass protection. He's a decent receiver out of the backfield. And if you go into the offseason and you can only keep two of Corey Lindsley, David Bakhtiari, Kevin King, and Aaron Jones, but you could keep three if you put Jamal Williams into that mix, and Jamal Williams is one of the three, I love Aaron Jones, but if I can keep Jamal along with Bakhtiari, and then I personally prefer Corey Lindsley just because I believe that uh, offensive line continuity leads to success, why wouldn't you do that? Jamal is playing good football right now. You still have A.J. Dillon on the roster. You can keep Jamal for cheaper than it would be to re-sign Aaron Jones because I think that Jamal would get a free agent contract. I just don't think he would make nearly as much money as Aaron Jones would. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? make that decision. Aaron Jones is great, and he's a great player for this offense, but if you can keep Jamal for cheaper and get more of your guys back, I think that's just a no-brainer decision. I think he's playing good football. I think he's going to have another great game this week. The guys you mentioned, they are steady guys, but I think this offensive line is still one of the best in football this year, and they're just going to have their way on Sunday. For sure, and and that matters whether or not David Bakhtiari plays. Billy Turner looked good at left tackle last week. Uh, now, not having to face Yannick Ngakwe is going to help him. Rick Wagner is getting better and better each week. The Zombies of Line, they have six legitimate starters. And, that, and that's that's such a good problem to have when you have three guys who can play tackle. Most teams don't have two, and in the case of Philadelphia, they have, like, negative four. Having Bakhtiari, Turner, and Wagner... Lane Johnson's still... Ha- Lane Johnson's healthy, man. Come on. Okay, so they have one. There you go. But even still, like having three legitimate tackles, I cannot think of the last time the Packers had that. They haven't. They've always had good interior depth. Or, well, they've mostly had good interior depth. But, yeah, good tackle depth. And that's not even just a Green Bay isolation thing. That's the thing that no team has. No team ever has good tackle depth. Everybody generally has good interior depth because it's easier to swap spots inside. But saying, hey, you're normally the right guard. We're going to need you to go play left tackle this week. That's just, that doesn't happen. happen. So, yeah, Green Bay has a good problem on their hands right now. So, Wayne Taylor forever. But I, I can, the last time I can think of having that tackle depth was 2010, when you had Clifton and Tauscher and a rookie named Brian Balaga. You had those three there. But now we have Turner, Bakhtiari, and Wagner. That's such a good scenario. And if Bakhtiari can play... You probably kick Turner back to right side. You have Wagner can come in, can be like another an extra tight end if you need him. He can come in whenever you need him. And then you have Mercedes Lewis. This this running attack is going to be so ridiculous. Devontae Adams is going to do what he does. And 
the other receivers, it's going to be up for one of them to just make maybe one play. You don't need, they don't need to do a lot, but they just need to, to continue to improve. Yeah, with Devontae Adams on one side, Devontae Adams is playing, when he's, when he's been healthy this year, he's been the best receiver in football. It doesn't matter who you put on him. Like, against Tampa, he had, and he didn't have his best game, but then again, this entire team didn't have their best game. Devontae Adams, you can't cover him. It doesn't matter if you put two guys on it, you put one guy on him, then you shade a safety to his side, or you put your best man cover corner on him. He beats everybody. You can't beat him off the line of scrimmage. You, or you, like he's he's going to get open. His footwork is outstanding. You can't press him. You can't you can't play off of him because he's going to see that those six or seven yards of space and say, hey, I'll just go hit the quick slant for six yards, and then we'll come back on the same on. Next play, you go ahead and you press me. Guess what? I'm going to fake the slant inside because you're going to play for it, and then I'm going to beat you deep. He makes it to where everybody else doesn't have to work as hard. I can't wait for Alan Lazard to come back because when Lazard comes back, nothing against MBS, EQ, Malik Taylor, and all those other guys. Alan Lazard, I think, is the second-best receiver on this roster when everybody's at full strength. And Lazard being on the other side will make life even easier on Devontae Adams than it already is. You could... I want to see a matchup with him against a premier corner just so everyone can see how truly good he is. Everyone just acts like he's cooking bad corners, which, yes, he cooked Tampa. Yes, he cooked uh, – or not, not Tampa, he cooked Houston. He cooked, he cooked Minnesota, who are playing mostly backups. I want to see him against a guy like a Jalen Ramsey or a Trey White, a Stephon Gilmore, one of these truly elite guys, so that way when Devontae Adams goes for eight for – 90 yards and scores a touchdown, people are like, oh, man, this guy's actually kind of good at this whole football thing or something. Well, we're probably going to see that in, uh, on Thursday. Next Thursday, when it's going to be a combination of either Richard Sherman or Jason Verrett. That'll be a good matchup. You mean Richard Sherman, who's not technically an elite corner because he only plays one side? Yeah, sure. Well, but Okay, well, what about Verrett? Verrett's small, and, Rogers, and Adams is going to cook him anyway. Jason Verrett's good. I Don't get me wrong. Well, I know. He's played good football this year, but I can't. I don't have faith there. Fair enough. So moving on, we we all season we've been doing the questions. If Green Bay wins, it's because of what? And, and I'll start this one. If Green Bay wins, it's because they control the clock and they make Kirk Cousins do something stupid. I, I think with Green Bay, if they can maintain a solid time of possession edge, if they can get thirty-five to forty minutes of possession, they will absolutely roll throughout the rest of this game. Absolutely, yeah. If they are able to take down this game like they did in week one where they just held the ball for the entire time, there's no there's, – Minnesota has no shot. Minnesota's whole thing is playing offense from ahead. And with the defense that they have now, they can't do that anymore because this defense isn't able to hold teams to 15 points every single game. They're, they, they just can't do it. And when that happens, you force Kirk and this offense to throw the ball more. And Kirk, while a decent game manager, he's just not effective enough to take care of the ball, keep his team on schedule, and come out with wins. Yeah, if Green Bay is able to just dominate time of possession again, Jamal Williams and Aaron Rodgers could both have good days, and you would think that it was a shootout, but it could easily just be Green Bay sliced up Minnesota for all game long. Agreed. Now, on the other end... If Minnesota somehow pulls off this this upset and Green Bay loses, what would be the reason? The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. 
from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. It would just be that Minnesota hits big shots. Like Justin Jefferson beats Josh Jackson a couple of times. Adam Thielen, uh, Jair Alexander has his worst game, and Adam Thielen has a great game. Dalvin Cook runs wild and just keeps breaking big play after big play. That's about the only way I can see this. I don't see any route for Green Bay's offense struggling. Like, maybe if the weather is worse than expected, maybe that plays a factor. But even then, okay, we're not going to hit deep shots today? Fine. Devontae will hit a three-yard quick slant, and we'll do that for and run 15-play drives all day long, and he just won't stop us anyway. So I don't see a path to Green Bay losing because of their offense. The only way I see them losing is because of the defense. And, and Dalvin Cook having a great game getting a lead, and then just sitting on the lead. Fair enough. I'm with you. I can't add that. I think you're absolutely right. The only way Minnesota does if they get a bunch of big, game-changing type plays. Uh, before we get to our the betting line of the predictions, I do want to talk a little bit about the special teams for Green Bay. Uh, we, it, came, it goes with the injuries. I mean, Hunter Bradley was limited all week. Mason Crosby was limited. Uh, he's been banged up. Matt LaFleur's already an aggressive coach, but if he knows that his kicker could be a little bit off-kilter with how he's feeling, if his long snapper is having some issues... That's going to make his decision-making a little bit more important. Uh, do you see any way that Matt LeFleur changes the way he coaches because of Bradley and Crosby being banged up? I don't. I think that um, what we've seen under LeFleur over the past year and a half is that he's going to coach his game. Doesn't matter his personnel. His offense is set up to where it's going to run no matter who you plug into it. Like Even when Devontae was out, this offense ran basically the same way. They're going to run however he sees fit. They're not going to be more aggressive on fourth down. Granted, I know we all would love for them to do that. Like, I know everybody sitting at home that's ever played a game of Madden is like, you're punting? Why are you punting? But I, if you're Green Bay, just play just play ball. Go out and play your brand of football because, spoiler alert, it's pretty damn good football. There's a reason that over the last two years, Green Bay is one of the best teams in the game. They have, if not the best win-loss record, they're pretty close to it. I think, what, they're probably tied with Baltimore, maybe? Yeah. They, like, for like for win-loss over the last two years? It's, what, 18-4? Yeah, okay, so I think Baltimore is, like, 19-3, and three, something like that. So just go out, yeah. play your brand of football, and you're, and you're going to have a good day. I understand, like, there's caution over Crosby, and if Crosby tells you, hey, just don't kick these, like, 50-plus yarders, but I can kick anything under 50, that he's not going to change because – okay, it's fourth and five, and it's going to be a 52-yard field goal. Mason said he's not comfortable there. Yeah, sure, we'll go ahead and we'll try and go for it. But he's not going to change how he play. He, he's not going to change how he coaches the game just because he's never done that before, regardless of injury, and that's not going to change now. Fair enough. So now let's jump into the, the betting lines just because that's just fascinating for both of us. Green Bay is a six-and-a-half-point favorite right now. Uh, that's, to me, I'm surprised that it's that low. Uh, with the way they played, with the way Minnesota has been playing and, and, and being in Lambeau. But I'd feel comfortable taking that. Yeah, I'd feel comfortable taking that. That line, um, it's moved a little bit. It actually opened at Green Bay minus 7, so it's moved down a half point. You can get it at even minus 6 in some places, which I already have. When I saw it drop all the way to 6 points, I was like, I'll take that all day. I think the main reason that um, 
And the, the total has dropped it well. The over-under set at 50 right now. It's at 49.5 in a couple of books. And it opened, I believe, at 52, if I remember correctly. Um, it's moved down because I think the weather, everyone thinks that these Midwest games are going to struggle due to weather. The New England-Buffalo game is set at 40.5 right now. That's because Buffalo can't get in the end zone. Buffalo can't get in the end zone, but they can move the ball. It's just I'm just getting at the fact that like there's a lot of these Midwest totals that are really far down. Like uh, Cincinnati and Tennessee, both teams, neither of them have played any defense this year, and they've had good offense, but it's still at 50 and a half. Um, the Detroit Indy game, where the those teams objectively has have worse defenses than Green Bay and Minnesota, that's at 49 and a half. So it's only a half point difference there, and that's because it's in a dome. There's just I think the teams are Vegas is really expecting weather to play a major factor in the in these Midwest games and they are down on they're down on these teams as a result. So I think that's why it's only six and a half. They think, oh well, the weather's gonna play a factor, teams aren't gonna score as much, so let's just t- keep the total down, keep the keep the spread down. I think Green Bay wins this game handily. Uh at six and a half, I'll take them all day. I'm getting them at six on the book that on the main books that I use, and I am thrilled with that. Um, regarding the total, I'm taking the over. Just because Green Bay, uh, their offense, I don't see a path to them slowing, like getting slowed down. They put up 40, what, 43 against Minnesota in week one. And I think that they're going to give up some garbage points to Minnesota just because when you get up by 30 points, that's what's going to happen. So I think the over hits here, but I, I'm pretty comfortable with getting Green Bay to cover. No, I'm with you. And so as we wrap things up uh, on this on this preview, Keeping it short this week, let's make our predictions for the game. Uh, Gage, I'll go to you first. Like, what do you? How do you think the game goes? Let's see. So, 50 is the total, but I'm taking I'm taking Green Bay over. I'm gonna take Green Bay to win like 34. I'm gonna take Green Bay 34 or Minnesota 24. So, I think there's gonna be probably about a 10 point difference there. Um, I just think Green Bay's far and away the better team. I think their offense is just superior in all ways. I think that their defense is going to have a day, especially up front. I think Kirk's going to get planted on his butt more than a few times just because this this offensive line, their tackles are decent, but their interior is not good, and they put so much equity into the interior offensive line, it's still not very good. So I think Green Bay wins by about 10, and I think, it's, I think that that'll tell people, oh, Gage, you said it's going to be handily, but I don't think it's going to be a close 10. I think it's going to be similar to what we saw in week one where Green Bay is just winning big, and then they just give up late points because they're playing really, they're playing a lot of prevent defense. So, yeah, Green Bay's Green Bay's the pick. Thirty-four twenty-four is my final total. Yeah, I'm gonna go thirty-eight twenty-three. I think I think Green Bay is gonna take this one convincingly. I think they're gonna knock it up. I think the defense will continue to play hard, and I think we're finally gonna see AJ Dillon reach the end zone. I, I think they're gonna give him the chance. I think he's gonna have, he's gonna show why he's going to be. He's going to try and do the job that his alma mater couldn't quite do on this Saturday. Uh, they, they, as they held, they, they almost took down Clemson, but Boston College showing improvement. I think A.J. Dillon's going to build off of what he saw his, his his Eagles do on Saturday. So I think Green Bay wins handily. I think the five touchdowns and a field goal will be the big difference there. So as we wrap things up on today's Pack and a Podcast Gage, where can people find you and what are you working on? You can find me on Twitter at GBridgefordNFL. As always, uh, I will be live, uh, as you're listening to this now, I will be live Sunday morning over on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook for a game on Wisconsin doing fantasy football previews. Um, I will have an article, I believe, coming out Tuesday, one coming out Wednesday, two coming out Thursday, one coming out Friday, and I might work on a few other things. You can always ask me Twitter questions. Uh, I'll be 
live tweeting um, right up until the 1 o'clock kickoff for fantasy football coverage. If you have any questions about that, let me know. If you have any questions about anything else, feel free to let me know. Um, glad to be here. Uh, glad to have Mike back with me after a couple of weeks off. Kind of fly. I, was, I flew solo last week in terms of our normal Saturday or normal Sunday crew. So it's good to be here, good to be back, ready to watch some Packer football. And you can find me on Twitter at Mike One Lynch. For those of you in Wisconsin, especially who like watch, watching Wisconsin high school sports, you can uh, listen to me or watch me on Zaleski Sports, uh, doing a lot of high school football. I was in Marshfield on this past Friday doing games, and now with soccer and volleyball wrapping up, it's going to be a lot more football all the time going forward, and hopefully basketball going forward in the winter as well. Find us also on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. Find us wherever you can find podcasts. Give us a like. Give us a rating. Let us know how we're doing. And which, what topics you may want to listen to going forward. We're going to be doing this again every day until the comet hits that we're all expecting in 2020 because this year has been weird. So for that being said, for Gage Bridgeford, this is Mike Wendland saying so long for now. Everyone, enjoy the game, stay safe, always carry the G, and go Pack Go! <laughs>